Welcome everyone and thanks for tuning in to Conscious Business with the Corporate Yogi. I'm your host, Julie Zuzak. This podcast helps entrepreneurs develop the mindset needed to build and grow a conscious business. Whether you know it yet or not, your mindset is the subconscious blueprint that determines your success. And the benefits of conscious business go beyond social and environmental impact. We're going to explore how your business calls you forth to grow on a personal level and in your relationships. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? Today we're going to talk about disappointment and how to deal with the unexpected. Let's be real. No matter how hard we work and how focused we are, sometimes things don't go according to plan. As entrepreneurs, we're wired for risk and uncertainty, and when things don't go the way they're supposed to, we know we have to move on. But sometimes, disappointment can be paralyzing. I want you to take a second here and think of a big disappointment that happened to you a while ago, at least six months ago. Maybe this was something that happened with your business, or it could be something that happened in your personal life. Something that just totally bummed you out. Maybe it was not landing a big client or contract. Or maybe you got some really bad news about some unexpected expenses. Maybe it was so disappointing that you actually challenged your vision and you thought about taking a break for a while. I want you to pick one thing and keep it top of mind as we go through this episode today. So here's a little snapshot about what we're going to cover off. First, we're going to talk about how we react to disappointment and we use labels to define it. Then we're going to talk about the role of the saboteur and why your saboteur is always over in the corner doing a little happy dance whenever you're disappointed. In our third segment, we're going to learn how to view disappointment as a gift. Yeah, you heard me right. A gift, a good thing. Then I'm going to give you some tips that you can use next time that you are disappointed. And I'm going to give you a little bit of homework here. Then in our last segment, I'm going to share a little inspiration, a passage from a book that has had a huge impact on me that I think you'll really enjoy. But first, I want to start with a story. I want to take you back about 10 years ago to a really tough place in my life and a really big disappointment. Now, this is long before I became an enlightened entrepreneur. You know, I wasn't always as wise and awake as I am today. At this point in my life, I was stuck and unhappy in a job that I hated, and I was on a mission to find a new one. Now, I don't know about you, but I personally never found job searching to be fun. I find that there is a sheer paranoia in it. You know, you think that everybody in the office must just know that you're looking for a new job. You have all these mysterious doctor's appointments and you know you step up your fashion game a little bit you don't you might start wearing suits when you don't normally and isn't it always the case that we start off with really high expectations of i know what i'm worth i'm just going to hold off until the right opportunity comes along no matter how long it takes but as the weeks go by and the crickets set in i'd always find myself lowering my expectations convincing myself You know, maybe I could be happy with a more junior job. I could leave the office at five o'clock for a change. And I just, you know, put my energy into hobbies or something. You know, all these narratives start playing in your head. What if I take this job and then a better one comes along? It's just exhausting. So after a couple of months 
this job search came to a critical point where I was actually shortlisted for two very different opportunities. I was one of two candidates for both jobs. One was an entertainment company and the other one was a bank. Now, I don't know about you, how you do math in your head, but in my mind, I added up a 50% probability of one job coming through with a 50% probability of the other job to be a guarantee that one of the two jobs would come through. But they didn't, and I was offered neither. How could this happen? I was so sure that I was going to get a job that I'd moved home all the shoes from underneath my desk. And then came the self-doubt, the judgment, the pity party. I was angry, and I was disappointed. I was so disappointed. And I stayed stuck in this place, feeling sorry for myself for a couple of weeks. The narratives just ran over and over again in my head. Then a conversation with a friend made me realize that, you know, those weren't actually my ideal opportunities. I hate to commute. I'd be bored to tears outside of tech. And I'm not a nine to five kind of a gal. I thrive in challenge and chaos. It's all I know. But because I was in a desperate state to find a new job, I was making all these compromises in my head. And as soon as I shifted my perspective around this situation, guess what? An incredible opportunity came to me that was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted. I interviewed three times in the course of two days and then signed the job offer within the week. You know, when we're lined up with the right opportunity of what we want and when we believe that we deserve it, the universe always rushes to support us. My disappointment had made me stuck. And as soon as I shifted my perspective, this new opportunity appeared and it was the right opportunity for me. And you're not going to believe this, but within six months, I was actually offered both of the other jobs that I'd been shortlisted for because the candidates that they had chosen didn't actually work out. Pretty interesting, huh? Let's talk about labels and judgment. When something unexpected happens, we are conditioned to put a label on it and judge it as either good, bad, right, or wrong. Now, I want you to understand that this act of labeling circumstances is driven by our ego and its incessant need to control things. It's almost as if it carries around a scorecard and one of those little golf pencils, and it's always tallying things up as they happen. You know, ooh, that was good, plus one. Ooh, that was bad, minus one. And because it loves to control, our ego really likes to label unexpected things as bad or wrong. Now, there's a couple of reasons why this kind of labeling is harmful to us. First, let's be honest, it's exhausting. Not only do we have to respond to this new circumstance that wasn't expected, we also have to run a magic quadrant analysis to figure out if it's good, bad, right, or wrong. And then we have to figure out how we're going to position this change in circumstance to others. This constant judgment is exhausting and it denies us the chance to be in the present moment. Secondly, we miss out on the opportunity for something bigger beyond our own vision for ourselves. Yes, it is good to always have a plan and set an intention of how you think you want things to go, but the reality is that we only have so much capacity to dream up possibilities. Because our dreaming is based on our limited human experience, whereas the universe always has a bigger, more badass vision for you. And this, my friends, is a very good thing. Sometimes the universe takes your plan 
and then, you know, it bigs it up a little bit before delivering it back to you. And this explains why sometimes your vision doesn't always turn out exactly the way you expected it to. So don't rush to label it as bad just because it wasn't exactly what you had in mind for yourself. Trust the process and hold the space for your vision to show up bigger and slightly different than what you originally asked for. So when something unexpected happens, don't rush to stick a label on it and don't judge it because you're shutting yourself off from opportunity. Be an observer, keep an open mind, and maybe get a little curious. Next up, I wanna talk about your saboteurs. Now, I know we've had this discussion before, but when it comes to having a healthy mindset, awareness of your saboteurs is critical. Here's how I see it. We all have an ego, and some of you might like to call this your monkey mind, your mind clutter, itty bitty shitty committee, No matter what you like to call it, your ego is fueled by judgment and negativity. Now your ego maintains its power with a little army of foot soldiers. I call these guys your saboteurs. And these saboteurs constantly send you negative messages. They wanna keep you small. And depends on how evolved your ego is, it can have quite the army of foot soldiers. Some of the popular ones I see with my clients are the fraud saboteur. You know, whispering in your ear, you're not smart enough to do that. Then there is the image consultant saboteur who makes you waste lots of time worrying about what other people are going to think of you. And my personal favorite, the perfectionist saboteur who makes you think you have to be perfect all the time. And so if you can't guarantee perfection the first time you do something, well, you might as well not even try it. Now, The goal of your saboteur is to keep you inside your comfort zone at all times. It wants you to play small and it really wants to restrict your learning. It doesn't like you to try new things. You see, the more you grow and the more confident you become, the harder you are to be controlled. So when you see something unexpected happens, your saboteur quickly labels it as bad or wrong. As if to say, see, you tried something new, it didn't work out. I told you it wouldn't. Why do you want to try something new? Just stay here in your comfort zone where it's warm and safe. Come back to the couch. Your saboteurs love it when you're disappointed. And they'll always throw you a little pity party to celebrate. And then to honor your disappointment, they'll give you a gift. A gift of a new narrative or a story that you can tell others and, you know, have something to complain about. These narratives get told over and over again until you believe them to be fact. Think of these narratives as the tools or the weapons that your saboteurs use. And I want you to become conscious of these narratives because they are an indication of what deeply unconscious beliefs you hold. And these might be limiting your success. Now, you might think that you would never participate in a pity party. Oh, really? When you share your story of disappointment with another person and you use a label of bad or wrong, this is essentially you RSVPing to the pity party. I know. It's hard sometimes. The truth sucks. The good news, however, is that consciousness of our bad habits is the first step towards changing them. Now, One of the most common narratives that I see is that you better be wary by too much good happening in your life because it has to be balanced out by an equal amount of bad. 
Now, I know a lot of people who really actually believe this, and I see people freaked out by too much good happening all at once, as if they're looking over their shoulder for all the bad things that are about to come their way. But realize that this is a belief, not a fact. And a belief is just a story that you keep telling. And then when enough of us start telling it, it roots itself in our collective consciousness and gains credibility. For example, the world is flat. Yes, this isn't a fact, it's a belief. But at one time, there were enough people who believed it that it was commonly held as fact. Now, I want to share a universal truth here to hammer this home. Listen carefully. The master plan for your life is for you to have an incredible and rich experience while you're here. There is no limit to the amount of success. There is no quota on the amount of happiness that you can experience unless you place a limit with your beliefs. Next up, I want to talk about how disappointment can be a gift. There's a great Dalai Lama quote that says, Remember that not getting what you want is sometimes a wonderful stroke of luck. When disappointment happens, this can be a great chance for you to check in. Maybe you were hoping for something that didn't serve you. Maybe you just really weren't ready for it. We often say that money will flow to you when you're ready for it. And I see this example with entrepreneurs all the time, where they're disappointed because they've lost out on a big client or an opportunity. But there's always a bigger reason why it didn't work out, and you should be grateful for that. Maybe it would have been the wrong client. Maybe they would have been a resource hog. Remember, we don't often know in the moment why something doesn't work out. But down the road, we're always able to connect the dots and understand why. Hindsight is always 2020. Disappointment is a forced opportunity to check in and recalibrate. Maybe this was something that was on your wish list for so long you were stubbornly attached to it and you no longer need it. Maybe there's something bigger and better coming for you. Either way, be patient, be an observer, and don't go into the fog of disappointment. Stay focused on what you want and hold the perspective of what you deserve. Next up, I want to give you some tips that you can use the next time disappointment strikes. Remember that your ego wants to keep you stuck. So it throws you a big pity party, it gives you a narrative as a gift, and it wants to keep you small and safe. But I don't want you to go to that party, so here's some tips to avoid it. Tip number one. When disappointment strikes, don't label it, just observe it. Remember my story about finding a new job? I was so disappointed by not getting either job offer that I instantly used the label bad. I felt sorry for myself. I wondered, what's wrong with me? Why didn't I get either job offer? Am I going to be stuck here forever? I went into a funk for two weeks, but then as soon as I got out of the funk, I made space for a new opportunity, a better opportunity. Tip number two. Use the meta view or the big picture. Now, when disappointment happens, I know we feel like chicken little, but ask yourself, in 20 years from now, how much will this really matter? This will help you gain a little perspective on the situation, take a step outside to look in and see things differently. Tip number three, try the curious perspective. Again, instead of rushing towards a label, open your eyes, watch for signs, 
of something bigger and better. I guarantee that bigger and better always happens for everyone. But the trick is we get stuck on the disappointment and our eyes don't see the opportunity. So when we use the curious perspective, we think there really is something out there better for me. What could it be? Tip number four, try on a gratitude perspective where you instantly become thankful for this little interference. Remember that Dalai Lama quote that not getting what you want is sometimes a wonderful stroke of luck. You won't know why today, but you will be able to connect the dots down the road. And remember to keep a balanced scorecard. And what I mean by this is giving just as much effort to keeping track of the good things that happen in your life as you do to the bad. And here's a great tweetable. We only ever want something for as long as it takes to get it. Now, why is it that we put all of our energy into noticing bad things when they happen, but we step right over the good things as soon as they occur, and we quickly move that mile marker out for a new goal to work towards? Okay, so it's time to give you a little bit of homework. Remember that example that you came up with at the beginning of the show? I want to come back to that and see if we can look at it differently now. So first off, when the disappointment happened, how did you react? Did you put a label on it? Did you RSVP to the pity party? Did you get stuck in the disappointment at all? Did you make up a story about how it wasn't fair or how you didn't deserve it? Now let's try some of our new tips. Since this is something that happened a while ago, is there a way to view it now as a gift? What would you say from the gratitude perspective? What would you say from the curious perspective? And lastly, what could you have done differently? I want you to take time after this episode to really do this homework. Head over to the show notes and write out all the questions. Take time to write out your answers. I'd love you to share your responses and any brilliant aha moments that you might have. And I want to challenge you to share and discuss your discovery with someone else. Maybe an accountability partner or maybe create a discussion group with some of your friends. You know, listening to this podcast without doing the work after, it's kind of like watching a yoga DVD from the couch. You might get a little bit inspired. Hopefully you're mildly entertained but real change isn't going to happen. Get off your butt and do it. Don't be an armchair yogi. Next, I want to give you some inspiration from one of my favorite books. This is a book that really helped me shift my mindset and change how I react to disappointment. It's called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. Now, this book was honestly the first significant book that I read on my spiritual path more than 10 years ago, and it's actually broken into seven different chapters to highlight each of the seven different laws, and he actually suggests that you read a different lesson each day of the week. And quite often, you know, we read a book cover to cover, we learn a thing or two, we get a little inspired, and then the book goes right back on the shelf. But this book, for me, was different. I connected to it so strongly that once I finished reading it, I went back in and I bookmarked each of the chapter summaries and then went on and read a different one each day of the week. And I continued doing this for months. You have to remember that your beliefs are a product of a lifetime of programming and thoughts. 
and sometimes it takes hearing a message over and over again if you want to replace any of the negative thoughts that don't serve you. Now what I really love about this book is you know it's short and it's sweet it's really to the point and he talks a lot about dharma and about purpose and also the law of giving and those are two things that are really really important to me especially when building conscious businesses. Now you'll benefit from this book if you want to shift your mindset and you want help changing how you react to difficult people and difficult circumstances. And I want to share a little passage from the sixth law. This is the law of detachment. And this is a good one. I will not force solutions on problems, thereby creating new problems. I will participate in everything with detached involvement. Today I will factor in uncertainty as an essential ingredient of my experience. In my willingness to accept uncertainty, solutions will spontaneously emerge out of the confusion, disorder, and chaos. The more uncertain things seem to be, the more secure I will feel because uncertainty is my path to freedom. Wow, good stuff, huh? Highly recommend this book. Check it out. It's The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And it's time to start wrapping up here. For detailed show notes about this episode, please visit thecorporateyogi.com. Remember that your mindset is the subconscious blueprint that determines your success. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I know that you are one of the brave ones. And together we can pave this new way, this better way, this conscious way of doing business. Deep down inside, you know how powerful you are. Now it's time to step up and let the rest of us see it.